All right. How we doing? Good. Late night. Late. Oh. Five minutes later, it turns Those into a Those are late like night. two of my least favorite words. Welcome to How to Share Your Faith. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you guys want to know just some free practical wisdom that has nothing to do with sharing your faith that I love? Just one of my favorite quotes of all time. You should go to bed the same day you wake up. Yeah, I know none of you do that, but if you started to, your life would be better. Wait, I feel like a lot of this room probably does go to bed the same day they wake up. It's just they, they go to bed. Go to bed. Yeah, that doesn't work. You go to bed no. at midnight thirty and wake up at seven thirty. That's no, they don't go to bed the same. Because if they stay up till two, then it's two the next day when they go to bed. No, it's two the same day. The day restarts at midnight. Yeah, I know. Terrible quote. I'm saying, if you go to bed at two, you should go to bed the same day you wake up. Which means you should go to bed before oh, it's midnight. The okay. Yeah. Okay. That's wise. I don't see it. Yeah, for sure. But that's so. It's just in the opposite crazy. of how he means it. You should also go to bed when it's dark out there. All right, that let's get into this. That wisdom kind of backfired. Hopefully, we give some better wisdom on. Yeah, Good let's start. get into this. You two, what are we talking about for the next fifteen? How to share your faith. Yeah. Simple well, as that. Why? Um, honestly, I feel like there are a myriad of reasons why, and I feel like there's probably a myriad of reasons even sitting in this room of, like, just hurdles that we have of, of sharing your faith. There's lots of them, and the world comes pressing in, and all of a sudden it gets hard or anxiety-inducing or, you know, whatever it is. It gets, yeah, really tricky to keep sharing our faith and doing it effectively. Or maybe you're new to faith and you've never done it before. Maybe been in your faith for a long time. You've never done it before. That's okay. We're just going to talk about really practically, how do I live in a way that sets me up to share it? And then when I get to that moment, how do I actually step into sharing it? I don't know if you got any more to that. Yeah, I think when you get into the why, um, Romans 10, 14 through 15 says, how then can they call on him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And so why do we share our faith? I think there's two things that I'm thinking about with that. Number one, there's a reality that Every single person in this room, in this world, is either going to heaven or is going to hell when they die. And how, how, what's, what differentiates which one you go to? It's what do you believe about the message of the gospel? And you can learn about this message of the gospel through reading the Bible. Odds are most people in this room didn't first hear the gospel from picking up the Bible and just starting to read it. Yeah, I'll Some, ask this question really quick. How did you guys hear about the good news? Somebody preached on a Thursday night at Salt Company. Was yours from a person? Yeah, for sure. Mine was from a person, too. Three what? for three. <laughs> three for three. Sorry, continue. Yeah, so the reality is everybody is going to heaven or hell, and you either, you either learn about that message through picking up the Bible and reading it or through somebody opening their mouth and faithfully sharing the good news. Mm. Um, yeah, so dude, and, like, this is, I mean... Romans 10, yeah. It's like the most biblical thing ever to just do. Like, all of us are woefully short of the Great Commission when you just look at that passage and go, here's Jesus' like one thing after Matthew he's resurrected. What did I say? Don't. No. Oh, Great Matthew 28. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying what it was. Great Commission, yeah. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them everything I've commanded you, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And remember, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So how many of us are just like going to all the nations making disciples, teaching them everything Jesus has taught us, baptizing them, and remembering Jesus is with us. Like, 
we're woefully short of that when I look at like how I spend my minutes and hours. But Jesus says in Acts 1, right after that great commission, like, hey, the Holy Spirit's going to come and you're going to be my witnesses from Jerusalem. That's where the cross was to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And literally Bloomington is the ends of the earth. Right. And so this is God's total strategy for getting the message about Jesus to like redeem people from from day one, it was like, I'm going to do something insane that they could never do for themselves, and then they're just going to tell each other about it, and that is how they're going to be saved. And so it's like, we're, we're to be witnesses to Bloomington, Indiana, to the spaces we live in, to the places you work in, to the classes you're taking. You're to be Christ's witness in that place. And that looks like a lot of different things, but one of the things it certainly looks like is sharing somehow with my mouth what I've been taught about him or inviting others to get close to him somehow, right? So that's what we talk about in two parts. Like, how do I invite others that are near to me but far from God to get maybe closer to me? But ultimately, I'm trying to, like, bring people to Jesus with my life. I want to be a witness. And I want to talk about just, like, an outward-facing sort of lifestyle, the sort of, the sort of life that is on its way to making disciples and baptizing people, Okay. But then I want to talk about what do I actually do in like a one-on-one conversation with a person when I have been there and I'm ready to share my faith and I don't know where to start or how to do that. So lifestyle, one-on-one. That's like the two parts. So let's talk lifestyle. But what would you guys say about just having this sort of life where long before I'm making disciples of all nations, teaching them everything Jesus has taught me, I'm just the sort of person that sees people like God sees them in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I think living an outward-facing life honestly starts with what Derek just said. Like, how do I see people? I attempt to see them as God sees them. From the beginning, when people are first created, they're given inherent value because they are created by God himself. And so we actually have to, like, begin to get in this mindset where when I look around, I see other image image bearers everywhere that I look. I don't just see people who, you know, are going to spend an eternity in some kind of, like, lucid place. I am seeing people who are either walking towards hell or who are walking towards heaven, and I want to get in front of them and make sure that they know they have a choice about what to do with the person of Jesus. And so I think that simply just starts like, do I actually see people as God's people, people that he wants to reach and meet in their brokenness? See people. If you want to have an outward-facing lifestyle, you can't skip past just seeing people and looking at them. Like, you could just leave this room and look at people more and think about eternity, and you'd be better than you might be right now, okay? Another one? Yeah, I think one thing I'll add is thinking about how you're setting yourself up in terms of community. Like, if the statement is true that you're a sum total of your five closest friends, what does that say about, or, like, what's true about who the people you're hanging out with? Like, are you, there's, like, one ditch of, oh, I want to be outward facing and share my faith with everybody, so I'm going to be friends with only non-believers, which isn't really setting setting yourself up to actually grow in faith um and and then there's also the ditch of i got this holy huddle of only christians and not a single non-believer um that's that's around me and so there's there's kind of a there's a there's a sweet spot there yeah the bible talks about like we are to be the aroma of christ like we are i i just by myself smell pretty bad like but when we get together we smell pretty good that's what i think is going on here with like We've got to be anchored in something. We've got to have something that we can invite people into that goes, they go, that's actually better. I actually don't even have friends like that. 
they, they don't stab each other in the back. I mean, it was crazy to me to get invited into a space like that. But you're right, JP. It takes intentional thought about, like, what's my life look more like, you know? Like, do I have any non-believing friends? Like, people had to actually call, like, friends rather than just, like, maybe I need to go back to seeing people, you know? And then here's, if, if I don't, like, need to just think about where I'm spending my time and seeing people, it's, like, talking to the people that I'm now laying eyes on. Though This is crazy. Talk to people. If you're going to be. Say hi. Literally. Literally. And do wonders. The best people I know at sharing the gospel are also the best people I know at going, hey, what's your name? Because there, you literally can't just jump into a gospel conversation without knowing a person's name, nor should you. So if you just start to be the sort of person that I know, extrovert, introvert, doesn't matter. You're called to be a witness to King Jesus. And so start seeing people and going, that's an image bearer that I need to talk to because their eternity depends on it, and I don't know what God wants to do in their life. And just go, hey, I'm Derek. What's your name? Absolutely. I think even in that step, which seems like such a small step, but it's important even to remember, like, before you're going up to anyone, like, remembering that, like, God is already working and that, like, God does desire to use you. Like, I can get in my head so much, even about saying hi to someone, which is so silly because it's so simple. But me actually being, like, a prayerful, prayer, prayerful person and reminding myself of what's true is, like, God has been at work in that person's life long before I step into it. He'll be in work, at work in their life after it. And he actually does desire to use me, and that helps me, like, step towards people, mm -hmm. even in the smallest of hellos. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to move on, but let's just summarize with see people, talk to those people, and then actually spend time with those people. Like, it's really easy to just invite somebody to something they've never done before that could be really good for their soul. Like, hey, do you want to come over to my house and hang out? That actually might be a great thing God could do to save that person's soul. If they just get over into my living room, we're in a good spot as opposed to they're a rando on the street I just walked past, right? And they're probably pretty open to that. You know, I'd like to think of myself as an approachable guy. Uh, so just maybe the, the step isn't, they're not going to say yes to coming to Salt Company with me, but they might say yes to come to my living room to play video games and we can talk in that setting. So see people, talk with those people, spend time with those people. And, and look, with outward-facing lifestyle, here's one of the easiest things you can do every single week, invite people to Salt Company. Because, again, that is how I got saved. That's how these people had no idea, you know, 48,000 students on that campus. Like 480 of them even know Salt Company is a thing. You realize? Or how many Instagram followers you have? That's like the max. That's the number. Okay? So it's on all of us, not just us three, to go, hey, Salt Company exists and really is a, would be a love to bless your life and serve you. Would you want to come with me sometime? I know that sounds crazy to open your mouth and say, it's not, and God could use it, okay? So that's like really low bar. That's outward-facing lifestyle stuff that you didn't do anything to share the gospel in that scenario. Yep, but if they never get to Salt Company, how are they going to hear? Living room. How are you going to, yeah, transition from, man, I'm just hanging out with them, I'm living this outward-facing life to, yep. oh my gosh, all of a sudden the Lord's asked me to step yeah. into a gospel conversation. Yeah, what specifics do Like our culture and context right now, is such that people are leaving the church in droves, okay? So, like, that's just true. That's just facts. People in your generation and every generation under you are going to be less comfortable stepping foot in the church than every person in the generations above you. Like, facts. 
okay, which means it's going to be harder and harder and harder for every single person we talk to to just be like, oh, yeah, church is just something I would do on a Sunday morning. Like, that sounds like a good idea for me to just go sit and sing emotive songs and then hear a message about something that no one around me believes on my secular university and in the city of Bloomington especially. So the culture and context that we live in means we're all going to have to do a really good job getting the gospel outside this giant shell of a warehouse. Okay, now let's talk about when God gives us opportunities and maybe the best places with people we already know and are close to that we know we've never talked to about things that matter. And so we have this weird thing going on in our, our relationship where they know probably I'm a Christian even though I'm not a perfect one, so I probably am not witnessing super well with even the stuff I'm doing in my life, and we can, that's a whole nother late night. But I want to talk to them, you know, or there's someone in my campus group that I, you know, we come every Thursday night and bump shoulders, but we've never just talked about, like, what do you believe, you know, or I got a family member that I don't know where they're going to spend eternity, and I care about them a lot, so I ought to, you know, they're never going to be in my living room. So we get in the conversation, how, like, even talk, how do I, how do I start those conversations, what do I do when I'm in them, just shoot for the next five minutes, we'll be done. Can I answer? You want me to answer? You can start. Oh. Oh, tech, tech guys. Eric, you all right, man? Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Eric's just like under something over there, just on the other side of that curtain. That's right. Hopefully this he's is all right. This is eternal. <laughs> this is important. Um, yeah, I think the first step of actually stepping into like legit, specific gospel conversations is literally just being a really good listener, which comes in those times when you are just like hanging out in your living room when you're walking from class to class after class post all company like whatever it is like if you are not a good question asker you're going to really struggle to ever actually get into a place where someone is then willing and ready to like receive even your story and what Jesus has done from you or has done for you and so I think yeah starting with asking questions they don't even have to be good questions like questions are just my default always of like I don't know where to go next in a conversation let me ask this person another question and I don't know where to go next let me ask another question until like the spirit makes it clear to me of like no this is your time to actually step in and like be the one to speak so I would say start with being a good listener yeah dude and sometimes questions are scarier than statements you know like it's a lot easier for me to just like Take what they, they gave me an inch, and I'm just going to go. Their transitions, talk which about is scary. something else semi-related to that inch, but not really, instead of asking the question that will get me in, you know, like a foot, right? So even just, like, any examples of, like, really good questions um, that you would find yourself asking college students? Yeah, I mean, I think there's several different, like, depths you could go to, so we'll get to even, like, some good questions getting to, like, Let's really to specific. Them. Well, I was going to say, even before that, I think, sure. like, asking about someone's background, their family, like, if they're coming to Salt Come with you, like, ask if they, like, grew up around this kind of thing. Have you heard about these sorts of things before? Just, like, things that are inching towards depth without having to take, like, a total nosedive and throw them off guard. So, that's what I'd say before getting to that. Yeah, for, like, spiritual questions, I usually just kind of go for it and say, like, what's your church background? Um, it, like, I, I feel like you get sketched out by asking that question, but it's just really not that weird of a question. I've never, no one's ever, like, at least vocalized to me, why are you asking me that question? Um, but I find it pretty easy to just say, hey, what is your background with church? Um, and then just asking them, hey, can I just, like, go a little bit deeper and just ask 
two quick questions, and we encourage like ask a scary question. It's scary, just like uh, it kind of makes you scared thinking about asking this. But it's just it's the simple question, simple question of on a scale of one to ten, one being not confident, ten being absolutely certain. How sure are you that you're going to heaven? Right there, based on their answer, if they give an answer one through nine. Right there, you know that there is something not quite clicking for them in terms of what they believe about the gospel. Yeah, and let's just do a case study with everyone in this room right now because I know for a fact when I ask this room the question on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you that you're going to spend eternity with Jesus? A ton of you just thought something 1 through 9, but keep going. What does that tell them about their theology? It tells them that there's... a lot of t- well, then, like the second follow-up question that I might ask is, okay, if you come before God, what what reason is He going to give you that He should let you into heaven? And if there's any part of that that's like a part of legalism, where it's it's some sort of work that I have to do, it's some sort of good that I have to do. Anything that doesn't start with because of what Jesus did, that's why I get to go to heaven. If it's any any answer other than that, then it's going to be mm-hmm. one through nine. And some people, it's like, you just ask them simply, like, well, what does it take to get into heaven? It's like faith in Jesus. Like, bingo. You just nailed the correct answer in your head, but something in your heart doesn't feel like that's enough in your life. You're in my living room. We're talking about this. We're having a darn good conversation, right? And it's like, I'm, tell, I'm here to tell you that's enough. That's all it is. You know, and they may actually already believe that. It's not like because they gave an answer one through nine that they're not already a Christian, but you're helping them articulate. You're sharing your faith. You're now teaching them everything Jesus has commanded you. Like, look at that. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's a great question. It just instantly tells me what, you know, how much of the culture is in your brain about how the gospel actually works and doesn't work, and that's, a, that's beautiful. Yeah, and if they are a believer and they give like a, well, seven, because I do know that like, Jesus yeah, gets it's not like way, you're not like, a Christian. Yeah, I think you can even like lovingly help point out of like, well, do you think just like Jesus paid for like 70% of your sins or do you think he paid for all of them? And they can be like, well, gosh, I believe he paid for all of them. It's like, okay, then you can have confidence, like be a 10 because of what Jesus did, not because of what you're adding, you know. To that yeah, but a lot so, of the people you sit down story. with are not going to be Christians and they're going to go, well, I think I'm a pretty good person, you know, or whatever. My, It's just like. Nothing about that screaming, grace of Jesus covers me, it's his blood, that's all I need. All the stuff we sing about in songs, that's all that's saying all the time. And yet, we're not giving answers that say that because the Spirit's got to show up and enlighten our hearts to what's true. And he might show up in that conversation for that person through your mouth to go, let me tell you what's true, right? And so it's like, man, an environment like that, when like God loves speaking to other people through you guys, just as he's mu- much as he loves speaking to college students through our mouths. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. Okay, keep going. Good questions. What else? Good questions. We number be done. one. Number two. Go fast. Number two, know how to share your story. Okay? So here you got, there was a time in my life, then Jesus, but now. Okay? So example of this for me personally there was a time where I felt like I did not have a purpose on earth but Jesus came into my life and now I've realized my purpose that God has given me to know him and to know to help others know him 
like, didn't have a purpose. Jesus came into my life. I now have purpose because of Jesus. And you can fill that, fill in whatever it is for you, significance, feeling loved. Yeah, and I think what's really awesome about even being able to share your story in that way is, like, that's a one-sentence type of thing right there, like, 30 seconds, like, before Jesus, then Jesus, and after Jesus. You can make that 30 seconds, but you also, if you're sitting down with a person who's, like, really interested about what Jesus was doing to change your life, that also could be 30 minutes, you know what I mean? So, like, even just knowing a little snippet of, like, this is how I would share my story in 30 seconds, or if someone was asking more questions, I could share it. Also, also people can't deny what Jesus has done in your life, right? Like, they can, they can kind of deny, oh, like, this whole gospel thing that you're telling me about, I don't really buy that. But they can't look you in the eyes and say, well, I mean, I guess, I guess they can. But the point, the point is that they're not going to deny what Jesus has done in your life. And the clearest example you have of Jesus is what has, he's done in your life to change you and your heart and your desires. And they're not going to deny that. Yeah, I love what Bree put on here. I think, or GP, I don't know. I just gave her the credit. Sorry, dude. But just Thank like you. If, if there's, it says, one, if there's one thing to master, it's your story. And I just think that's, it's so true. Like, you know it, but you it's probably JP. don't know how to articulate it in a way that helps people go, what's my story? You know, has Jesus stepped into my story? And be leery of just like, even how you tell that. Don't make it. That's why there's Jesus right there in the center of that. Don't make it like there was a time in my life when I didn't go to church, and now I do, and it's been the most awesome thing ever, man. You should come with me. God may use that terrible version of a testimony to get someone into church with you where they'll actually hear the gospel from me, but what a better thing when Jesus gets the glory in your story because that's what he loves, and that's what that person needs to know is glorious, and it ain't you, but it's glorious when you go, I was so jacked up. Jesus stepped in and I have no other answer other than his grace that now my life's a little different and I still ain't perfect, but man, he's so good. You know, anyway. And maybe you honestly haven't taken time to even like think through what your story is. So I would say that's a great takeaway even from this conversation of like literally take five minutes and sit down and think about life pre-Jesus. What were you searching for? Like what about your life was broken and hurting? Think about the ways that Jesus actually stepped in and how your life is actually Yeah, and, and if it ain't very now. different and your hope isn't very different and what's going on inside of you isn't very different, that's another late night. Again, like, take that stuff to Jesus and let him change your life. Okay. Yep. Know your story. You know, ask good questions. Rattle off the last few. Know the good news of the gospel. Okay, so you got, like, the quick one-sentence definition. What's the gospel? Anyone from Gospel 101 know it? Wow. Hey, yell it out, Elias. Say it. Oh, bang. Boom. That's good. That guy took gospel 101. He just said the like whole storyline of the Bible in one sentence because the whole storyline of the Bible is about what you need to know about his son who died for you. Okay? So figure out a way to package that for yourself until you become just fluent in like how to say it a million different ways for people and speak it into their Situation. Absolutely. Yeah, this is where listening even comes back in because if you're actually listening to the, their story and you know the gospel well enough, you're going to be able to like hear the holes in their life where they actually really, really need the person of Jesus and what he's done to speak into that. And that's going to look a million different ways for a million different people. But when you get good at the listening part and you get good about like really letting the gospel sink into your heart, you're going to be able to look that person in the eyes and share with them how specifically the good news even applies to them, which is a really sweet moment. Yeah. So here's what I'd say to tie, to tie that off. Like, just don't get insecure about what you don't know. Share with people what you do know. God can absolutely light that on fire in their heart. 
and you're not called to share about what you don't know, but you are absolutely called to witness to what you do know. And some of you know some really, really good things that other people out there have no idea about. Okay, good questions. Share your story. Know the good news. Here's the last two. I'm just going to tie off for us and pray. Know a couple tools. There's a great one called the bridge diagram. That's maybe so, that's maybe overly simple, but I love overly simple because I'm overly simple. Um, there's like the gospel circles. That's kind of what we teach you in Gospel 101. Not kind of, that is. Um, there's a ton of other the Bible. Diagrams. Yeah, there's like the great, great passages, Romans Road. Like, there's some things you can, again, just you will grow your tool belt of like, this is something that's going to matter for the rest of my life, how I share the gospel and witness about Jesus' people. So I want to get, I want to get master level good at doing that because it matters a ton. Uh, so know a couple tools. We're not going to share any in this, this, but you, you can ask me about them later. And then, man, just pray. If you're only talking to people and you're not talking to God, you're never going to see fruit probably because, again, there's something about you that believes it's up to it's up to you, not up to him, and the spirit doesn't have to do anything in someone's dead heart to make it alive, and that's just simply not true. And so, you know, to live an outward-facing lifestyle, even, it's like, God, would you help me see people? Would you help me just get better at saying hi to people? <laughs> would you help me just get better at inviting people to saw community? Would you take that little tiny offering and light it on fire in someone's heart? And if you pray that prayer, he will start to do that in your life, and you'll go, wow, he can use an Abram like me, okay? Same thing goes for when you're in that conversation. Every time I'm going to a meetup with any one of y'all, I'm trying to pray before that thing in my car, God, help me. I'm an insecure pastor, and I have no idea what we're about to talk about. Would you show up in that conversation and be the third party that we all need you to be, and he will bless that, okay? So let's pray right now that he'd make us a little more on fire for this activity that he's called us to, and uh, Bree, would you just pray that, and we can get out of here? Yeah. Yeah, God, we um, yeah are thankful for just this news that we do have that you um, yeah cared so much for us and saw us far off, but wanted to to come and get us. Um, yeah, people dead in our sin. Um, yeah, broken and and yeah, searching in all the wrong places. Um, and you sent Christ to reconcile us to you. Um, I pray that we would be people who first relish in that good news for ourselves. Um, but I pray, yeah, that that news would actually stir our hearts and stir our affections for you and stir our affections for the people that we see every day around us, the the faces of, um, yeah, image bearers who, yeah, are reflecting you and probably don't even know it, God. I pray that we would um, see them as, yeah, children that you love and have died for and that we would be um, unafraid to be your mouthpiece, that we would be, um, yeah, courageous and, and full of prayer and full of hope, um, knowing that, yeah, God, we want to step in and, and intercede and do our part, but ultimately knowing um, and trusting that you desire to intercede. Um, yeah, you say in scripture that, yeah, it's your desire that all people, um, yeah, would come to repentance, would come to, um, yeah, know you to be back in your fold. Um, and yeah, your plan A is to actually use us. And so I pray that, yeah, we would be willing and ready to be used and willing to say yes when you put that person in front of us when you put that conversation in front of us and we would just be faithful knowing that you're going to show up um yeah your words are going to reign true um and you're the one who's ultimately yeah going to be working out salvation in our life and the people around us so yeah we trust this work to you god but we want to show up um and just say we're here we're ready so would you yeah send us out from this place um just in that hope and that confidence it's in jesus name that we pray amen amen 
excited to see all the people you guys start baptizing. Get out of here. Go do it. Love y'all.